Well, let us get started with uh, things this morning. It's good to see you all. Um, it is good to know that um, you all did everything you were supposed to do these last couple of weeks and um, and, and everything. So uh, we, I'm certainly pleased and glad about all of that. Um, there are announcements that you were sent um, along with your bulletin for the day um, and uh, important things for this coming week is that um, is is that on Thursday, uh, we will be having the second of our mission uh, conversations, uh, this time on membership and evangelism and uh, Christian ed leadership. Uh, these, uh, those four things all together in the space of an hour, but I know we can do it. Um, you have already, I believe, because I haven't gone through all my emails yet, um, should have received some questions and things about that. If you haven't, we will get those out immediately. Um, session is meeting on Tuesday. They've got a lot of things on their plate, um, including the hybrid worship piece, uh, because we have high hopes that next uh, Sunday we'll be able to uh, begin both the in-person and Zoom aspect of worship. Um, as many of you may know and remember, because I have been both out of state and in a no-no state, uh, the state of West Virginia, I need to isolate for 14 days. So I am on day two of uh, isolation. And uh, I think that's just a, a wonderful piece in the midst of how we do worship now, um, that that can happen and I can still be with you uh, for things. Um, there's information about the upcoming things this week, midday prayers, evening prayers on Wednesday evening. Thank you, Laura, for continuing that while I was gone. And then office hours on Thursday morning, that as well. Um, note those things and be prepared to participate. Um, then next week, Presbyterian Women is having a social hour uh, for the Gilderland Food Pantry. And... Um, you're invited to uh, take uh, be a part of that. Um, I think if and Charlotte will tell me if I'm right or wrong. You don't necessarily need to be a Presbyterian woman to attend that. Correct. Uh, open to everybody. Open to everyone. Um, so take uh, take note of that and participate as you are able in things in the life and ministry of the church. Are there other things? Um, that are happening, other announcements that someone might have. Anyone? Not you. <laughs> Charlotte, the cats are back. <laughs> Janet? Yes. Hi, I just wanted to mention from the stewardship committee that this week, um, watch your mailboxes. You'll be hearing from us. Thanks. Wonderful. Stewardship is an important part of the life of the church, the wise use of our time, our talents, and our treasure. Um, and so we look at all three of those pieces as we look at a stewardship campaign and the life of the church. Um, do we have a minute for mission this morning? Betty, do we? You're muted. Betty, if anybody. 
There you go. There we go. Yes, I do. I do. I do have. Today is uh, Worldwide Communion. It is the wrap up of uh, six weeks of talking about the um, mission and social witness offerings and learning about our responsibilities to the world in this field or in this area. Um, and so I hope everyone has read as much information as possible, have prayed about their giving, and, uh, and a reminder that the Mission and Social Witness Committee will meet the offering by 50% from their non-operating fund. So we uh, encourage everyone to, uh, to give generously. I am reading <clears throat> something from uh, the Peace and Global Witness, something that's close to my heart just because I've been involved in prison ministry from the time I was little. Um, and the last time I was, was uh, when we were at the southern border and went into the holding area for people who are waiting to, to um, in, they were in jail, waiting to um, go through the court system, whether or not to stay or be to sent back to, to Mexico or South America. This reading is about uh, the Washington Correctional Center for Women. It's uh, the state of Washington. It's both the largest and the only maximum and medium security prison for women in the state. It's surrounded by barbed wire and while the women within the prison may be separated from the world, they are not separated from God's love. Thanks to the work of dynamic Presbyterian leaders, a new and unique worshiping community, Hagar's Community Church, is a thriving church inside the fortress of concrete and steel. And it's supported by the congregation of a church near Tacoma, Washington. We are helping women process and handle their incarceration through God's love and guidance. And we want this to be a healthy, sustaining ministry explains the Reverend Lane Bucher, pastor of Hagar's Community Church. There are lots of room for more worshiping communities like this to be established. Peace is active, it's not passive. Peace is doing, it's not waiting. Thank you for your participation in the Peace and Global Witness Offering. If we all do a little, it adds up to a lot. We are the church together. Participating in this offering, we work to share God's peace with one another beyond our doors, beyond our community, and within the world. This offering provides the means that allow us to offer ourselves to the pursuit of ending violence, bringing about reconciliation no matter where it occurs in the world. And I'd like to end with this prayer. Extend your peace to us, O Christ, that we might build places of kindness, generosity, reconciliation, and compassion. May our gifts join our voices 
in blessing all of creation with your justice, your peace at all times and in all places. Amen. Thank you, Betty, and thank you to the Mission and Social Witness Committee for keeping uh, peace and global witness in, uh, in front of us during this uh, season of peace and hope. <laughs> Let us then continue our worship of God. gathering for worship. We gather from the west to the east, from the south to the north, to celebrate the God of peace, who accompanies us in our acts of peace. This God of peace accompanies us in each and every circumstance around us. We praise God's name. Amen. Prayer of uh, confession and forgiveness. Based with God's goodness, we recognize our failings. In the knowledge of God's mercy, we dare tell the truth about ourselves and our world. In the confidence of God's children, let us confess our sins. Church of Jerusalem and the Holy Land, gracious Lord, creator of this universe, in our generosity, you have given us a world of abundance and diversity. Yet we live guided by greed and selfishness. We confess that we have been, we have defaced your creation and poisoned our environment through our consumerist behavior and for personal gain. In Christ, you have made us brothers and sisters and intended for us to be united 
and yet we have built walls to separate us from those who are different from us. You have get, given us wisdom and creativity, and we have used those to trick each other and to develop weapons of destruction and death. You gave us laws to order our lives, and we have abused them to take revenge and punish our enemies. We love war rather than strive for peace. We ignore the poor and the weak and honor the rich and the powerful. In all these, we have not lived according to your will. Forgive us, Lord, for daring to boast in our human achievements and for failing to recognize that you alone are worthy of praise. In your mercy, forgive us our sins. Amen. God accept, accept us simply because of our faith in Christ, through whom our sins were forgiven. May he help us to continue to preach peace to those who are near and far. Amen. Come all you people, come and praise your maker. Come all you people, come and praise your maker. Come all you people, come and praise your maker. Come now and worship the Lord. Come all you people, come and praise your maker. Come all you people, come and praise your maker. Come all you people. Come praise your maker, come now and worship the Lord. Unyai Mose, Dinamate Mare, Unyai Mose, Dinamate Mare, Unyai Mose, Dinamate Mare, Unyai Mose, Sivo. Holy Spirit, grant us openness and give us understanding of what each one of us needs to receive through the Holy Scripture. When we are facing a difficult choice between the easy and the right decision, help us to choose the narrow path. We also pray, pray for all, all who are, are about to set on an adventurous journey of faith anywhere in the world. Amen. Our Hebrew scripture for today is from Isaiah 9, 2b through 7. For those who have lived in a land of deep shadows, light, sunbursts of light, you repopulate the nation. You expanded its joy. Oh, they're so glad to be in their presence. Festival joy, the joy of great celebration, sharing rich gifts and warm greetings. The abuse of oppressors and cruelty of tyrants, all their whips and cudgels and curses is gone, done away with a deliverance as surprising and sudden as Gideon's old victory over Midian. The boots of all, who's, of all those invading troops, along with their shirts soaked with innocent blood, will be piled in a heap and burned, a fire that will burn for days. For a child has been born for us, the gift of a son for us. 
He'll take over the running of the world. His name will be Amazing Counselor, Strong God, Eternal Father, Prince of Wholeness. His ruling authority, his ruling authority will grow, and there'll be no limits to the wholeness he brings. He'll rule with a historic David throne over that, that promised kingdom. He'll put that kingdom on a firm footing and keep it going with fair dealing and right living. Beginning now and lasting always, the zeal of God of the angel armies will do all of this. We continue with a reading from Matthew's gospel, reading the fifth chapter, the first 12 verses. And I invite you to listen for the word of God. When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed climbing with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions. This is what he said. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and God's rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourself, yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. God's food and drink is the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourself cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort, and they are uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer, even, for though they don't like it, I do. And all heaven applauds. And know that you are in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. The word of the Lord Thanks be to God. 
I am not seeing any, am I seeing any kids? I'm not sure that I'm seeing any chillins. Um, so we'll go ahead and continue um, with things. And um, I am looking for something, right, there we go. Um, the glory of a computer is that you can have 18 different screens open at the same time and find the things that are necessary. Um, that's a good thing. Let us pray. Oh God, creator of heaven and earth, out of deep waters you brought us to birth, claimed us as children of wonder and worth, oh God of deep flowing water. Well, if there's ever a time for us to learn something, it would be now. And the thing for the day is this. Atheists sometimes make the best followers of Jesus. Now, really, really, without, um, without all of the, the politics that we find in church, and yes, there are politics in church. If you don't believe that, take a step back and think about it. May not be as prevalent in Hamilton Union, but there are politics involved in the life of the church. Without the, the painful separations that we may find within the body of Christ because of things like doctrine or the way we interpret scripture, Without all of that, it may be easier to follow the words of Jesus Christ. In fact, Kurt Vonnegut called himself a Christ-worshipping agnostic. He wasn't brought up in the life of the church. That wasn't something that he learned in his family or, you know, from people around him, he was drawn to the teachings of Jesus, but the rest of the stuff he really didn't believe in. He even called himself an, an atheistic Christian at many times. And if that surprises you, just imagine that Jesus doesn't actually belong to us alone. There are plenty of people out there who listen to the words of Christ and think that and call Jesus a great prophet. In fact, our sisters and brothers who follow the way of Islam, as they would say, love Jesus too. Vonnegut actually liked Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. He thought that the Sermon on the Mount was truly an inspired piece of writing, of, of speech work, and one that he incorporated into his own life being, his own statement for being, if you might say. And this week, I ran across this quote. 
For some reason, Vonnegut says, the most vocal Christians among us never mention the Beatitudes, Matthew 5. But often, with tears in their eyes, they demand that the Ten Commandments be posted in public buildings. And of course, that's Moses, not Jesus. I haven't heard one of them demand that the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, be posted anywhere. Blessed are the merciful in a courtroom. Blessed are the peacemakers in the Pentagon. Give me a break. <sighs> Give me a break, he says. Vonnegut also noted that during the 1970s and 1980s, anything that sounded like the Sermon on the Mount was called socialistic or communistic, and therefore it was anti-Christian. Wow. The Sermon on the Mount. These wonderful words of Jesus. But if we're honest, as we read them, we know that the scripture isn't just for us in the community of faith. It might actually not be about us either. I mean, what do you hear when you hear those words from Jesus? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Oh, they're so beautiful, those words. But do they really describe us? Do they really say something about us? Imagine now for a moment that you are an African-American man who has to avoid driving while black who has to justify why you are in any place you happen to want to go. From grocery store to city park to your office. Imagine that you are an immigrant in the United States. Someone who hears the words, go home on a regular basis, or we don't want your kind here, or pay your taxes.
Imagine that you are a Native American, someone who can trace their ancestry in this land. Back to well before anyone from Europe or indeed anywhere else in the world stepped foot on this land. And yet the space that is afforded you grows very little. And villages in Malawi, Tanzania, and Zambia have better access to water than you do. Imagine for a moment that you are Chinese and continue to hear that it's the China virus. What do you hear in these gracious words of Jesus? It's fairly astounding, isn't it, what we see with other people's eyes and what we hear with another person's ears. This is a time when I think that Eugene Peterson's translation, that he got it all wrong. He watered it down quite a bit to make it palatable to us. To our Western ears. You are blessed, he says. I much prefer the blessed are those who, meet, who are meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. It makes us stop and Question, is it I, Lord? Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for Jesus' sake. Or, if you really want to be slapped in the face, you need to find Luke's version of the Beatitudes because Luke has a few of the beautiful blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. But then he comes right back and says, woe to those of you who, woe, woe, woe. The Beatitudes weren't necessarily written for us. We weren't the ones there on the hillside having climbed up with Jesus and the others or who followed him around the coastline to see and to hear what he was going to do and say next. They weren't necessarily written for us. But we can learn from them. We can learn from the words of Jesus, not only in the Beatitudes, but in all of Scripture, what it means to be meek in our spirit. 
what it means for us to hunger and thirst for righteousness, for things to be made right in our society and in our culture, not with us, but indeed with everyone else who suffers. We can learn what it means to be merciful, to be filled with mercy. To be pure in heart, transparent in heart. We can learn what it truly means to be persecuted. We hear that word coming out of the news often these days that people are, people's faith is being persecuted. Friends, let me tell you, what is happening to the church nowadays is not persecution. It is the world calling on us to be right with Jesus. And I think it's time for us to listen. It is time for us to truly use Jesus' words as the tools for peacemaking in our world, in our lives, and in our hearts for the world and to the world. Blessed are the peacemakers, Jesus said, and so may it be. Amen. Come to the table of joy. 
Friends in Christ, readers in Quechua, Spanish, Portuguese, Guahani, Tosil, across the globe they proclaim, this is the table to which Christ invites us. Let us participate joyfully. If you have not already gathered your elements, I encourage you to, to do that um, so that indeed all may be ready. This morning as we come to the table, I am using uh, the chalice and patent that I got while I was in the Holy Land, Palestinian crafts and uh, representative of the artwork of Palestine. There are Christians across the globe this day, readers in those languages and so many more who are coming to the table. This is the table that Jesus invites us to. Let us participate with joy. God planted seeds now germinate a tree of life and orchard bearing fruit. Such is nature, abundant life budding. And Jesus sets the table. Jesus invites us to dine. Water into wine, land where bread is broken. A communion of people on the path of a perfect communion. Let us pray. Holy God, holy and gracious God, we thank you for all of your creation, for the changing of the seasons, for the work of your people, for the glory of all of your creation. We give you thanks. We thank you that you have placed before us Jesus Christ, Jesus the Christ, the one who is known to us in water and wine, and in the breaking of the bread. The one who came from you, of you, to us, to be like us. We are so thankful for the messages of hope and peace and justice and love that we know in the teachings, in the person of Jesus Christ. 
We are so grateful for the power of Christ in our lives to lead us and guide us in those ways of justice and peace. We are grateful for the mission of the church to share the love of God, to love you, O oh Lord, and to love everyone else. When it is easy for us to do so, and yes, O oh Lord, when it is most difficult for us to do so. We are grateful for gifts of bread and cup. We ask your blessing on these elements that have been prepared, knowing that Christ is always the host of the table, whether it is the table in the sanctuary or the table in the sanctuary of our homes. We are grateful, and we come as guests invited. Bless these elements, and bless our meal together virtually from so many different quarters. And hear now the prayer your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and now, O oh God, on this World Communion Sunday, when we celebrate the whole world coming together at Christ's table, to know your grace and to feel your presence, we pray together, joining across time and space, in the words you taught your disciples to pray, saying, Papa no kinosiella, no. Danos hoy nuestro pan de cada día. Perdona nuestras ofensas, así como también nosotros perdonamos a quienes nos ofenden. Amen. 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 We give thanks for this bread, fruit of the earth, this cracker, this crumb, this bagel, this pita, this tortilla. We give thanks for the fruit of the earth and hard work, a gift of grace of God. We break it and share it, remembering the words and actions, gestures and glances, silences and self-offered life of the teacher from Nazareth. And we give thanks for the fruit of the vine, for the joy of communion, for alliances that endure in the search for justice and wholeness, we take this cup 
this cup of juice, this cup of coffee or tea, this cup of water, this cup of wine, knowing that we are a part of a community of people, renewing its covenant with life. Dear friends in Christ, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Amen.